health and fitness with David Hollywood in association with The Hearing Consultancy. TheHearingConsultancy.ie Welcome. Coming up on the show this week, you'll meet, uh, rather you're about to meet, an MMA fighter out of Port Arlington who's representing Ireland at World Championship level this summer. The fight game is hard, but you'll find out just how hard it is to fight at international level this evening. We'll also be looking at the sport from a parent's perspective. On World Refugee Week, we'll hear from the Sanctuary Runners. They're a solidarity through sport initiative which uses running, jogging and walking to bring together asylum seekers, refugees, migrants and all Irish residents. I've got two Offaly members coming into studio this evening and we're going golfing. Chloe Farrell is on a learning expedition. She's enlisted the help of Eddie Doyle of the Golf Academy in Killinard Golf Club. Right now, though, we're talking to one of the best mixed martial arts prospects to come out of the Midlands in some time. I'd like you to meet Port Arlington's Jamie Doyle. Jamie, how's the form? Good. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Thanks for coming in. And Jamie's dad, Jason's in with us as well. Jason, thanks as well for coming in. No, thanks again for having us. Not at all. Um, Jamie, you're fighting under the Irish flag kind of around the world this summer, and we'll, we'll get on to that. First, though, let's talk about how you actually got into the sport of mixed martial arts. Yeah, well, when I was 11, I, I was nearly 12, I was kind of getting bullied and, you know, getting picked on. My self-esteem wasn't the best. I was very shy and that's an easy target for bullies. So I, um, my dad beside me, he, he signed me up for a local gym in Port Arlington, SPG Port Arlington at the time. Um, I went down and I did my first jiu-jitsu class and ever since I, just, I fell in love with it it's five years down the line now and it's been great it's become that's a way it. of life for you essentially. yeah it is my life that's all I do um, Jason your perspective then I have an eight year old daughter I've not come up to the point where like bullying's become like an active issue from my perspective but I know that um, it's an active danger with kids and it does kick in at some point to some degree. How kind of stressful and, and, and troubling is it when you see your son is going through that? It's like like with all children, I suppose. It's it's hard for any parent to see their child going through that, see their child coming home every day from school or if they've been out and their self-esteem is through the floor. And that's what was happening with Jamie. His self-esteem was through the floor. He had no confidence in himself. He he didn't want to be going out and, and, and play at that age, which is very concerning for any parent mm. and I have to say once he went into that gym he found a new lease of life um, when I went when I approached the gym owner at the time Phil Mo Peter um, I explained the situation to him and he said look get him on down here we'll work on him we'll help him get his self esteem up and you can see the young man that's standing in front of you today that's it he's, he's a man with striking kind of uh, confidence and, and, and self security I'd say uh, Jamie what about when you're going in through the doors for the first time Um it's kind of an intimidating experience, I say, when you really don't know what's what. And while obviously everything has worked out brilliantly in terms of your experience, the first day might have been a bit scary. It was definitely. The first few weeks were scary. Like you're going in and, you know, you feel like all eyes are on you and you're only a young little lad trying to go in and, like I said, my self-esteem was so low. So you're going in and you don't know what to expect. Everyone, You feel like everyone's judging you and... But once you get in there, and as I got a little, a few, like a bit more comfortable in there, you realise it's like a family in the gym, and and that's in any gym, in MMA, and any combat sports. It's when you're in that community, it's they they really take you in, and 
as after a couple of weeks, I felt like I was a fam- it was a family, a second family to me in there. So, and that ha- started happening relatively soon. Is probably when 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 you started to have trust and faith in the people around you. In there, you realised that this was the environment. Yeah, definitely. There was uh, like like I said, it was only the kids' classes I was doing, but there was a coach there, Kyle. I remember he he he. I had great time for Kyle. He was so good. He was able to get me out of that low self-esteem and make me experience things like like just stepping onto the mats for the first time and the the way they treat you you're you f- you do you feel like you're in a safe environment that's that's um that's what you want to hear i've got messages coming in already jamie you've struck a chord uh, best wishes to jamie you've a brilliant work ethic and a fantastic example uh, to your peers I'll have to track down who has sent that in, but presumably it's somebody who knows you. Otherwise, uh, they're taking presumptions there. But look, that's great to hear that. Um, you know, you've you've got a supportive community behind you there, and they've already contacted the show to emphasise that <laughs> and to underline it. Um, Jason, as as Jamie's dad, did you have any reservations about? thrusting him into something like mixed martial arts considering it is combat sport at the first yes and and a lot of parents and people even still say to me today like you know it's a very brutal sport but what I can honestly say it's actually a very very safe environment so when when they go in at the level Jamie went in at mm. there's different grades so for example when Jamie represents Ireland this year there's no headshots, so it's body shots on the gr- on standing and on the ground. But for the younger athletes, they've got body shots while they're standing. But once they get to the ground, they're not allowed to use body shots at all. So there's different grades, and it's a safe environment. And the referees are there to step in if anyone's in trouble in any way, shape, or form. So when he first went in, yeah, we were a bit, you know, my wife still can't even watch it today. She she'll turn her head and say, "How's he doing?" Um, <laughs> but once you're in that environment and like Jamie said it is a community it is you, you see the, the the respect they all have for each other and you know they're in the right place then to, to, to develop and grow even people he would compete against in other gyms when they greet each other and meet each other it's a handshake and a hug and it's the yeah. same then with the parents but for anyone thinking that it's it's a brutal sport go down look at it go into a gym and see the environment that's there it's not what you think it is and I think a lot of parents who are listening now, all they might know about mixed martial arts um, are the exploits of one individual who got enormous fame in this country and for a long time was a great proponent for the sport and then became something else entirely. Um, But if you were to get down to a gym, you would see a completely different side to what martial arts is it's got nothing to do with UFC first and foremost absolutely it's 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 a it's really more like martial arts as opposed to UFC MMA is it look at it like karate and um yeah 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 judo, jiu-jitsu, this type of thing. 100%. It's, it's literally, it's just another form of martial arts. Yeah. It's just they mix it up a little bit with a few different disciplines in, in there as well, but it's it's a completely safe environment. I'd encourage anyone, especially anyone that ha, ha, has a child like Jamie at the time, who was suffering with self-esteem and stuff like that. As I say, look at the, the young man that's in front of you today. He's he's nowhere near where he was then, and that's thanks to the, the people he's been involved with. Uh, your pride is actually lighting up the room, so you just dial it down a bit. <laughs> um, Jamie, the uh, the sport itself. So, like, did you did you do other sports uh, when you were younger? Obviously, we all do some other sports to some degree. Uh, were you ever involved in clubs or uh, teams or anything like that? Yeah, I did. Now, this was years ago, under sixes for Ga Gaelic. I right. did, and I think I did under eights as well. But 
being honest, it was I, it was never for me. I'd probably go training once a week, if even. And that's because my dad was the coach. And, like, I think that's something every young lad does. Like, you kind of grown up and you're like, oh, we'll go in and do that. So yeah. I, I started that. Um, I didn't stick at it. It wasn't for me. I did uh, Taekwondo for two or three years. That was... I, I enjoyed that when I did it, but it wasn't... It just... That wasn't for me either. Um, yeah. But they were the only sports I did. And then I didn't do anything for a while. Until I started MMA. So we're getting, when, when you mentioned Taekwondo, we're at least getting sort of parallel to, to, to martial arts yeah. and that type of thing. Um, and what was it that's different about Taekwondo that um, it was lacking that martial arts, mixed martial arts has? For me, I think, um, to be honest, it just it just wasn't for me. It just, uh, maybe it was the stand-up and the strict routine of, it wasn't the fun environment for me. No, okay. I'm not bashing taekwondo or anything it just for me it wasn't a fun environment I, it was almost a chore to go and do it and and whereas for MMA it's I'm going I like I'm I want to go and do it every day and, it's more engaging yes of course yeah like I I feel great doing it and as I said I'm not bashing taekwondo I know people that do it and they love it and that's great and people probably think MMA is bad and all so it's just it wasn't for me and MMA was um, so you've been doing it for, for how long now in terms of years? Um, five years in September. Five years in terms of September. What kind of fitness regime does it bestow upon you, you know? Like, I suppose before we get on to you talking about how you feel from doing it, as it were, uh, let's try and understand what's involved in the training for MMA uh, what's a normal week for you in terms of uh, being at the gym or, or is it, do, do you do all your work in the gym do you do bits and pieces at home yeah well I do it in, uh, mostly in the gym but in different gyms I have a couple of gyms to go to for okay. different stuff like for me personally like a training week is like tough on my body mentally physically everything and I'll get into that but like just for someone going to the gym to train mixed martial arts that not looking to take the next step in a career of it sure. it's it's fun it's you're it's great for your body you're it's you're using a lot of um, body weight techniques to yeah. gain muscle you're loosening up your body in jiu-jitsu you're learning self-defense all of that the discipline of it like that's all in the training um, for a normal person and then for someone who like, like me who trains all the time and it's tough because by Wednesday your your body is in bits and you're thinking to yourself you want to just stay in bed and you don't want to go training tonight and there's some nights where you have to you do have to push yourself to go because of how tough it actually is and it's exhausting physically mentally but like that you're just pushing yourself to the next limit to getting better and better and at the end of the week you do have a bit of gratitude because you're thinking the week before you weren't good at this certain technique or yeah. you're getting better at stuff. And and that's important <coughs> that uh, be it the level that you're at and, and aspire to be at or even um, the level of someone walking into the gym for the first time. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard it feels that night, the next night you go back, you're going to be that little bit better at it and, yeah. and, and you can you can make that progress. Mm-hmm. Definitely. like it's You're always progressing. You can't... There's no way... One thing about jiu-jitsu and MMA and kickboxing and all I think especially jiu-jitsu you can't jiu-jitsu doesn't lie to you, you if <laughs> if you're not getting better you, you'll you, you you can see it whereas in other sports you know you can kind of it's not as 
telltale. Someone's not going and beating you up. You um, learn lessons quicker. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, yeah. I, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. So, but then like you're going in and you're drilling and you're drilling and you might get up for three weeks straight on a certain thing. But once you keep practicing it, you're bound to get better. It's like anything. You're bound to get better if you practice it. The, um, the way in which... Uh, the, the gyms work you out even if uh, you, you're, you're going just a couple of nights a week for instance as uh, people listening might be considering uh, if they're ever looking at picking up a, a new sport it's a totally different kind of uh, physicality uh, that, that that they teach you than than other sports and now I'm speaking just from personal experience um, I've done loads of different sports where you feel good fit and strong and all that but um, I, I was doing kickboxing for a while after a few months of that never felt physically better or stronger it's 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 mad the difference in levels of of the way they work here compared yeah. to uh, your more traditional mainstream sports it is yeah it's i don't even know how to explain it it's just like anybody in the street could come into a, a gym and do like there's a big stigma that like i'm not fit so i can't go and do mma or i can't train jiu-jitsu or kickboxing or anything like that it's not true you can come in and start off there's there's loads of different classes for every different type of people you know what I mean there's yeah. beginner classes advanced classes so everyone can come in and do it and like I don't know what it is or how they work you but it, it like you said there about yourself you never felt better after doing kickboxing for a couple of months and it's that self gratitude I think like the self mm. you feel better in yourself because you're pushing yourself you're and the deeper. coaches yeah. and, and when you do go deeper and you can come out the other end of it then it, it, it's a really satisfying yeah exactly it's, experience. you feel great at, with yourself and then the coaches as well the, the they're they're able to push it the days you're not feeling the best and the days you don't want to push yourself they're there to push it and they kind of they get to know you. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. So when you when you've got that trust, you you say, right, I'm not feeling great. He says it's okay to keep doing this. I'm gonna give it, give yeah, a, give him what I've yeah. got, as it were. Um, your dad's in studio with us, as we've been uh, saying, uh, Jason. Um, what kind of observer are you? You said um, Jamie's mom likes to maybe look the other way when it comes to these fights. Uh, uh, how do you experience watching your son fight? Is it is it like watching him in a in a game match, or or is it a bit more intense? What's your perspective there? It's it's definitely a bit more intense. I would have coached, as Jamie said, Gaelic, but I would have coached soccer as well, and it's a different intensity. Um, you're you're nearly kicking and moving <laughs> at the same time as they are and you find yourself you see a soccer coach on the side of a pitch and he's nearly kicking with the team and, and things like that. and it's like that when, when you're watching Jamie and, and other people that you would know were in the gym it's uh, it's 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 quite intense and it you kind of when it's over there's a little bit of relief because you, you're nearly tired yourself yeah. <laughs> because you're that invested in it and you, you can't shout out because you're not qualified to shout out instructions I was just going to ask so like you're there kind of uh, Ducking and dodging with them as you're watching it. Um, I, I do. Is the expectation that parents and observers they're not shouting? They're, no, they're, they're not doing the, that. The only thing parents and observers do is encourage. That's okay. all they do, and it's it's a very encouraging for them. There's always going to be someone that shouts this, that, and the other at, at their athletes or their or their children, or whatever. But the majority of people are very supportive. Uh, like as we've said earlier on the best way of describing it it's, it's a community okay. it really is a community and it behaves like that then yeah, in, in all respects and, and Jamie when, when you're fighting are you conscious of other people in the room beyond maybe uh, the person in your corner no um, and that was one thing I was like that's why I didn't think MMA would work out for me because 
I always grew up thinking like I wasn't able to come into a room with a lot of people in it. Okay. And and but when I started MMA, I even one of the first competitions I did, there was thousands of people at, and I said, and I was only thirteen when I did it, and I said after I wasn't even thinking of anyone, anyone other than the lad I was fighting and listening to my coach in the corner, and it's so, it that's a skill in itself being able to, like listen to your coach and only there's so many people shouting in at you yeah. and, and cheering or booing or, or trying to say something that they don't know about and then you have to just focus in on your one corner and listen to them while you're trying to do it so it's it's it, that's a skill it's difficult to do that but for me it's I've learned it's easy to just listen to my corner a life skill, as you said there. Uh, you're listening to um, Port Arlington's MMA fighter, Jamie Doyle. Uh, Jason, his dad's in with us uh, when we get back from the break. Uh, we're going to talk about competing on the international level uh, in this country in martial arts and just what it takes. And we're going to ask, does it take too much? Stay with us. Health and Fitness with David Hollywood. With a hearing consultancy, book a free hearing test at one of our clinics in Clara, Kinnegad, Mullingar or Tullamore and get impartial advice on hearing aids, ear protection, tinnitus health and more. Coming soon to Edenderry, thehearingconsultancy.ie. It's World Refugee Week and we're going to be hearing from the Sanctuary Runners shortly. Um bringing together asylum seekers, refugees, migrants and all Irish residents. Uh, a really uh, uplifting discussion I'm looking forward to having uh, with the Offaly branch of the Sanctuary Runners. Right now, though, um, I have Jamie Doyle and Jason Doyle, his father, in studio. Uh, Jamie, we were talking about how you got introduced to MMA and then about the kind of physical and health benefits, the mental health benefits, the confidence that that gave you. Mm-hmm. And uh, for many people, sure, that's plenty. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as it happens from your own perspective, whatever has happened in the alchemy of, of you growing up doing mixed martial arts, you want this to be your career, don't you? Yeah, this is my life. I want, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Okay. I want to, my life revolves around it. I want to fight for the rest of my life and then when I can't fight, I want to coach for the rest of my life. So I always want to be involved in MMA it's, and I want to make it to the top as well. Okay, and that's what we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um when was it in your journey through mixed martial arts did you realise that not only did you love it but that you had an aptitude for it um, that maybe you were uh, kind of your peers who had similar experience you were you were that bit more developing or engaged with it when was it that you kind of thought to yourself um, you said like basically since you were 13 or something like that yeah well in 2019 when I got selected for the team originally for to, for the world championships in Rome I didn't really think much about it, but my coach obviously did at the time, and okay. that kind of gave me a bit of confidence. But then, believe it or not, when COVID hit and you couldn't go to the gym and you couldn't, all all I could do was train at home or go on a run. Mm. That's when I knew I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life because I can't live without it. So it was COVID really that helped me realize how mean how meaningful this is for me. It's a nuts thing with COVID, isn't it? it um, is, yeah. uh, Jason, like. <laughs> We all went through some sort of mad psychosis over that period of time, but a lot of us managed to extract a lesson like uh, Jamie did there. You must be just massively delighted and relieved that that was his experience over that period of time and he's got meaning and purpose in a big way now. Oh, absolutely. And like, like when we were speaking earlier, like we always kind of said to Jamie, you know, you have to have a plan B and you have to, you know, have to have something to back up. And 
like J- Jamie's answer to me was if you have a plan B plan A has failed so there is no plan B it's real so fighter talk he's, <laughs> he's been focused and that's his mindset and he's kind of has the mindset that if you have a plan B well then y- you've already failed in what you want to be so it, when that kind of clicked with him you could see the determination and if, if he goes through a period where he doesn't train you can see it in him that he, he needs to train he needs to get out there and his own mindset needs to be there like a coiled spring yeah and um, Jamie, you know, you, you actually uh, passed up on a session this evening uh, to be here uh, mm-hmm. this evening talking to us. But there's another side to that, isn't there? That you you have to do this stuff to make a potential career in martial mixed martial arts work. Yeah. And and uh, so you're going to be representing Ireland at the Four Nations in Wales um, very soon. And then you're heading out to Abu Dhabi for uh, a World Championships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to organise, fund and execute just all of the logistics around that, the whole the whole lot. Everything, yeah. Everything is self funded between me and my parents. It's tough. Um because, you know, if you look at other sports like boxing or anything, if if I was saying to you I was representing Ireland, most things would be paid for. Mm. And it's it's tough to see that the sport I love so much doesn't get the recognition recognition it should be getting, or the funding it should be getting mm. from the Irish government or Sports Ireland. Because let's be clear here: you go to um, an SBG gym; they're the biggest branch of gyms for martial art, mixed martial arts in Ireland. And um, the gyms themselves, facility-wise, I haven't been into one myself, but they're pretty top-notch. Amazing, yeah, yeah. they're amazing facilities. But they can't be sending fighters um, all across the world to compete in tournaments. Uh, whereas, say, boxing, as a comparison, uh, they they have a fully funded Olympic programme and, and, and an elite, uh, uh, elite grouping that you can be promoted into uh, where you are supported. So that's the gap we're talking about. Yeah, that is the gap, yeah. And it's it's just tough because, like, especially for youth fighters like me and, and then amateur fighters as well that represent Ireland, it's all self-funded. And you're all, you're also trying to... You're juggling, like, work and training and everything and then have to worry about the side of it that you know, setting up GoFundMe's or pu- always putting up my Instagrams and Facebook about uh, local businesses trying to support me or mm. spreading the link about my GoFundMe around and all that stuff. It's just an extra worry that you just wish you wouldn't have to worry about as much. When you're competing then, like that, that's the type of stuff, if you get it off your plate and you don't have to worry about that, then there's probably more performance exactly, uh, to, yeah. to get on to. We're running out of time here, so... Um, if people want to look you up and support you, what are the ways that they can do that? Well, my Instagram, Jamie Doyle BJJ, it's called. Um, that's probably the main one. Uh, or my Facebook is the same, Jamie Doyle BJJ. Okay, and you've gotten support previously from 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 local um, uh, commercial entities and companies. Yeah, local businesses like the Super Value and the Credit Union in my town in Port Arlington. Uh, in Port Arlington, yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank them. Uh, I'd also like to thank SVG Nice, the Keen, Peter, and Sergey, my three coaches up there all the training, all my teammates up there and as well I train down in uh, Ciaran Davern's gym in Tullamore here as well so I want to say thanks to everyone everyone knows who they are anyway but I want to say thanks to everyone who supports me and is following my journey Well you're um, a great representative for all the people that you've thanked here this evening and for yourself, your father and your family um, delighted you came in, we wish you the very best at the Four Nations representing Ireland in the World Championships, lads uh, the very best of luck with everything. Thanks very thanks much for having us on are you looking for something to keep you entertained late at night? Then you need The Late Shift. Join me, Tony Christie. I'll be playing all your favourites from classic hits like these. Hey, John, me. Oh, me, dearest, radio country. 
today's biggest tunes. We've got you covered. Plenty of fun, games and lots, lots more. Monday to Wednesday, 10 till midnight. The Late Shift on Midlands 103 with thanks to findlocaljobs.ie. Help is only a click away. New this week at Home Store and more. All photo frames are all half price. But better hurry, because when all the half price photo frames are gone, they're gone. Also, all outdoor heating and all wetsuits and summer toys are still all half price. But when all the outdoor heating and all the wetsuits and summer toys are gone, they're definitely gone. Drop by your local home store and more or visit us online at homestoreandmore.ie. New store now open in Frescati Centre, Blackrock, Dublin. Home store and more. A happy home. Mullingar Auto Skoda have a number of new cars in stock now for immediate 232 delivery, including the fully electric Skoda Enyaq. The €5,000 government grant is set to be reduced on June 30th, so your 232 order must be in by then. Mullingar Auto Skoda. Let's explore. Visit mullingarautoskoda.ie. Our countryside is at risk of wildfires during prolonged periods of hot and dry weather. Always dispose of cigarettes and glass bottles responsibly. Both, if thrown from a car, can ruin livelihoods and the environment. If you see a fire, alert the authorities by calling 999 or 112. Don't attempt to fight it yourself. For more information on fire safety, see firesafetyweek.ie or contact your local authority. A safety message from Westmeath Fire and Rescue Services. I find that finding stuff is good. Finding that one earring down the back of the sofa. Finding my perfect match on a dating app. I even went to India once to find myself. And at Specsavers, an audiologist helped me find sounds I hadn't heard for years. With PRSI, the hearing aids were free. I find that extremely useful. Find your lost sounds. Book a hearing test at Specsavers. Terms and conditions apply. You'll find them on our website. Health and Fitness with David Hollywood in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Passionate about hearing and hearing health, we use the latest technologies to identify and analyse hearing issues and provide their solutions. Book a free test on thehearingconsultancy.ie. You're very welcome back to Health and Fitness this Friday evening. Now we're having a conversation with a couple of people from a group that I've been looking forward to all week. Sanctuary Runners are in the building, Sanctuary Runners Ireland and indeed specifically uh, the Offaly branch. So I will introduce to you first uh, Sandra Busteed, uh, who is one of the local uh, coordinators with the group. Sandra, thanks for coming, up, coming in this evening. Thanks for having us, David. It's great to be here. And as you said, thanks for having us. The us, the other side of the equation there this evening is Brenda Were. Brenda, thank you for coming in. Thanks very much for having me here. Not at all. Um, first, uh, Brenda, I've, I've heard you're the unofficial uh, liaison officer for uh, Sanctuary Runners Offaly. Would that be an accurate description of what you do? Yes. Yes, that's true. OK, good stuff. Um, Sandra, as one of the local coordinators, you might be able to talk us through uh, what sanctuary runners do, what they're there to do, what they're for. Okay, so Sanctuary Runners, um, it's a solidarity through sport initiative. Um, it was set up about five years ago in Cork. Um, one of the co-founders is a guy called Graeme Clifford. He's the current CEO now, but he's a journalist with a big interest in kind of social inclusion. Um, I think he recognised the need for um, some way of people in the community integrating and getting to know um, the newer communities in Ireland. Um, for example, people seeking asylum. 
um, refugees coming into the country um, and there certainly has been a focus on trying to integrate and get on and get, get to know our neighbours in direct provision of the centres as well. So um, we do this by having regular walks, reg- regular runs. We often run parallel with the park runs um, and meet regularly. And it's a social thing as well. We often, you know, we, we meet for coffee and, and go for a chat as well, which is an important aspect of what we do. Okay, I think that's actually really nice in terms of an explanation. Gives us a really good grounding uh, about what we're talking about. Um, that environment of security, that social outlet. When when you're somebody who's been dislocated and and, and finds themselves in uh, an environment that that's unfamiliar, it must make just the world a difference. Do you see that with your work with sanctuary runners? We do. Um, I suppose it gives. It's it's useful for both sides, really. Um, it it gives. Um, we say people who have been resident in Ireland all their lives. It gives us a new perspective um, into the lives of people coming into the country for various reasons. Um, I, I think it's useful for um, people, but certainly in direct provision. It's it's a social outlet. Um, it, um, I hope it helps with, with maybe mental health, physical health as well, obviously the, the importance of exercise which you champion on this programme all the time um, so we, we certainly like to we hope that we're doing our, doing our bit and helping people out and offering that as a, an alternative. Yeah, I think there's, there's no question that that's what's happening. Uh, Brenda, I might ask um, how you came to be involved with um, Sanctuary Runners in Offaly I came to meet the Sanctuary Runners first in, <coughs> in Dublin uh, when I was staying in Dublin 11 and we used to go for the sessions every Saturday mm. so that's how I got to meet them and then when I was transferred to Tillamore I came to continue like to join them wow. and it's 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 very useful like she have already said that it helps like for people who have misplaced like in another uh, like uh, place and it, it helps with your mental health and it helps you physically and you get to know people, you know, you get to connect and you it, it, it helps a lot like in general. Yeah, because that's, that's what Sandra was saying in that respect that, um, you know, for instance, you, you, you were with the group in Dublin and then when you transferred to Offaly, you know already that you've got something that's familiar even though it's in a different place. Yeah, it, it, it's something that uh, it's it just... Uh, it's familiar, yes. It's it's the same thing that was done in um, in Dublin. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there were a lot of um, the the asylum seekers, and it 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 was something that was really helping them, like with the like especially mentally. We go through a lot, and it's a very nice activity. It really helped us emotionally and and physically. Yes, yeah. Because the people that you're there with, running with, exercising with, you all understand and trust that each other have maybe an understanding of the similar experience. Yeah, we we did a lot. We we did we we, we it's people who had a same experience, and uh, we really understood each other, and we, we got along well. Yeah, that's great. Um, in terms of, I suppose, let's talk about. Um, the physical benefits and the activity, uh, Sandra. It, it's we're talking about a group of people that they don't have the grounding in the environment that obviously residents, permanent residents uh, have do naturally. So this uh, gives a great physical outlet in that respect, no matter what their day-to-day environment is. 
Absolutely. I suppose um, certainly for people who might be living in direct provision, the there can be barriers, I think, to, to exercising, particularly if you're in an area that you're not familiar with. And you may not, if you're working all day or studying, um, particularly in our Irish weather, which is great at the moment, but not often, <laughs> certainly in the winter. So it does give you that outlet that you can plan and say, well, you know, I might not get out today, but on Saturday morning I can go for a walk, I can go for a run. Um, I suppose it's important to stress as well, it's not just about running. We we do encourage people to walk and even if you wanted to come along and volunteer at the park run, you don't necessarily have to, to, to run 5k every week. Um, and um, I suppose the other important thing to say as well, um, the our motto is solidarity, friendship and respect. And we have it on all our T-shirts. Um, everyone, when they join the Sanctuary Runners, is given a blue T-shirt, as you can see we're wearing the David. They are very um, fetching. They're quite fetching. They're certainly <laughs> eye-catching. But, um, and it's important, you know, we, we try to wear them because I suppose it kind of unifies us all and just says, we're all just people here you know, here to exercise, here to have a chat and it sort of, you know, takes away any kind of barriers, kind of socially as well, I think. And solidarity, friendship and respect, this to me sounds like givens that they should be guaranteed facts of life. Uh, Brenda, when you're with the group and, and, and in that environment, I know, like I just said, we feel like we should always have friendship, solidarity and respect in every environment. But when you know it's guaranteed to be there, maybe with something like Sanctuary Runners, that must add that sense of security and and add to happiness generally. Yeah, it, it gave us a sense of security, belonging and it was exciting. Like we, we felt like we are family, you know. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That's great. Sandra, how did you get involved with Sanctuary Runners yourself, actually? Um, I think I was at the Cork City Marathon one year, a few years ago, and saw a lot of these blue t-shirts, funnily enough, and people <sighs> kind of cheering them, and there just seemed to be an amazing energy and positivity going on. I, I had to look up what, what was the Sanctuary Runner group, you know, and so, you know, discover them then, and we didn't have one in the Midlands at the time, um, so, you know, it, one thing led to another, and... and with with the start of Park Run a few years ago, hmm. um, with with Jack and Eileen, our, our event directors here, and so it led to us being able to set up a Sanctuary Runners group here, basically. So they're they're great. they're kind of a natural fit. Uh, it, it seems, and by that I mean uh, running groups, uh, athletics clubs, very in supportive environments, uh, and uh, you know I think they stand out and alone from from other participation sports where you know, you're ultimately kind of competing against yourself if you're competing. But what everybody does is they they offer encouragement and support to their uh, fellow runners, participants, walkers, whatever it is. And yeah. um, there's that basic sort of starting point of solidarity with running groups. Yeah, I think it, it, it certainly is. Parkland certainly is a natural fit. And I think Brendan uses the word connection and belonging. And Parkland certainly, as long as I've been involved in our own Parkland locally, um, you know, there is that sense of inclusivity. It doesn't matter. We've had people, you know, well into their 80s. We've had babies. We've had literally everyone, people who walk and who have no interest in running, but everyone is welcome. Um, everyone seems to enjoy it. And as I say, there's the social aspect afterwards and meeting for coffee and, and the chat, which is always important too. Well, I think we've sold it pretty well at this juncture. Uh, Brenda, um, you guys do the park runs. Um, so when, if anybody's listening at home this evening, um, where are the park runs? When do they take place? Um, the park runs are along the canal. Um, so the the they, we, we go there every Saturday at nine. This is the canal uh, round in Tullamore Town? Yes, in Tullamore Town. Very good. Yeah. 
So it's a it's a very exciting activity, and I would, I would encourage each and every person, especially from the centre, to always join us on Saturdays. It's something that you look forward to every weekend. Every weekend, I do. Yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so we have the park runs on Saturdays, Bre- uh, Sandra. Um, in terms of uh, sanctuary runners, awfully. You guys, uh, do you need sort of more participants, more support, more volunteers? Sure, we would love more people um, to join us either as a volunteer um, to help us, you know, maybe do certain things. Um, We're trying to get a few walks going in the summer just for a little bit of variety. And again, because, you know, the notion of running may not appeal to people. Um, So we had a really nice walk um, last week in Charleville Castle so that was something a little bit different um, so we would love people to get involved with us um, from all from all um, categories you know from anyone in the community from any all. corner any of society corner, as yes, it were any group whatsoever did, so, so you can be found on Facebook for instance people could throw you a message on that they certainly can uh, we have an email also it's tullamore at sanctuaryrunners.ie um, but again, the email is on our Facebook page and there's a nationwide Facebook page as well, Sanctuary Runners Offaly, or Ireland, sorry, if you want to have a look and see what other groups, there are about 40 groups now all around the country. Um, so if you want to see what other groups in the country are, are doing, you can have a look as well. It's absolutely fantastic work that you guys are doing and I can see from the smiles on both your faces uh, this <laughs> evening that it's 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 rubbing off on you guys as well. So congrats on everything. That's uh, Sandra Busteed and Brenda Were of Sanctuary Runners Offaly. Uh, good luck on this weekend's park run and thanks for joining us on Health and Fitness. Thanks very much, David. Thanks very much. Chloe Farrell's on hand to bring us to another club and this time it is literally the golf club Eddie Doyle uh, heads up the golf academy at uh, the Killinard Heritage Golf Club and he's been talking us through um, what it is about golf that applies so well to your health and your fitness When it comes to golf coaching you have a couple of different levels um, generally you have beginners you have club golfers you have elite amateurs and professionals so beginner golfers you know, they would generally start off at the driving range, maybe come out, you know, hit a few balls. And generally what happens is they get a bit of a grasp for the game, they come back again, and then they realise that there's somewhat technique involved. And they will come then and generally get a package of golf lessons, maybe five lessons over half hour sessions, and then they progress from there and eventually they'll end up joining a golf club. Well, there are a number of incentives which Golf Ireland have put on in the past number of years, like ladies into golf and men into golf. And that's where the clubs um, invite out um, potential members and they will introduce them to the game. Professional come in and do maybe four sessions with them. And it's a great way of the club um, getting new members, particularly in the ladies area of golf, to join the club and strengthen their membership going into the future. When it comes to juniors then, again, Golf Ireland have a number of different incentives where they have development panels in the different districts throughout the country and they're picking up kids at the age of 9, 10 years of age and they can be encouraged to progress along and they'll provide some coaching and then, you know, to bring them through the system. Some slip by more, keep going. But there's a great opportunity for young golfers compared to maybe 20, 30 years ago that if they were somewhat keen and competitive, 
that there's a good pathway there to bring them as far as they can they can go really within the game. Um, you also have there now an awfully a good setup that they've got a junior academy and a number of the clubs have come together and uh, they have their little uh, system set up there which is encouraging and, and, and bringing kids into the game as well. It's quite important really in a lot of golf clubs um, goes back to, to the uh, the adults involved who try and give the kids the support. Some clubs are great, more are not so good. But, uh, you know, the kids are very dependent on the parents to bring them to the golf course, bring them home. But also, like in GAA or in rugby, you know, it's the, the parents provide a lot of the support for the kids. And um, that's that's the way they sort of develop it more from there. But also then you'll have your normal club golfers, you know, with handicaps, you have elite amateurs, and then leading into professionals. So that the, the style of coaching and the standard of coaching will be adopted to the level of the player. And, um, you know, so when you have sort of beginners, you're very much working on the fundamentals of the game, get the basics correct, good setup, and then you can develop the golf swing around that. But the key really starting is, is you know, to, it, it's got to be to develop some of the fundamentals and get the basics correct. You mentioned earlier there just about techniques. What are the main techniques that people would have or how do you improve them? So I would know very little about golf. How are people developing these skills? Well, you see, when you start playing golf, it's a little bit different than other sports. So you look at golf ball is very small. The head of the club is very small. And it's a difficult task, you know, to swing that club, you know, around your body and come back and meet the golf ball, you know, square on and hit the ball straight. So... When you talk about developing techniques, what we're referring to here really is developing, you know, proper grip, stance, posture, how to align your body, you know, to set up to the golf ball properly. And the golf swing then will develop around those good fundamentals. So whether you're six years old or 70 years old, it doesn't make much of a difference. You still have to develop those basic skills. What happens sometimes with people when they start playing golf is that you know, to go out to see the best players in the world, first of all, on television, it looks easy. Then they realize this is not as easy as it looks. So, you know, after a while, they then decide, I need to get some lessons. I need to get some technique involved. And then from there, things start improving. But, you know, if you've got bad technique and you keep practicing and repeating bad movements with no fundamentals, well, then you don't develop any consistency. And the game becomes you know, difficult. So it's really important to develop those basic skills. What type of person can play golf? Is there a type of person that suits? No, not at all. Not at all. You know, it's a, it, it's a great sport in the aspect that, you know, a kid of seven, eight years of old can play with their grandparent of 70 or 80 years old. So there's no limitations with regard that. You know, you, you, you can go and you can do it together. Families can do it together. And that's another thing golf clubs are encouraging a lot now. It certainly should be. You know, with the time constraints on, on families and parents working and one thing and another, that they can to go and do this together, whether they go to the driving range or whether, you know, to, to go to the golf club and, and eventually, you know, become members and get going. That it's something all ages, of all shapes and sizes can do together. You don't have to have any specific fitness levels or anything in that regard. So it's, it's, it's very inclusive to all people. With the different levels of techniques, I know you're not kind of running around as such, but when you're swinging 
the golf club, I would imagine there is a bit of a risk of strain on your back. How would it typically work in golf to try prevent injury? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, certainly as we get a bit older, um, you know, the body gets a little bit uh, weaker and sees your pull muscles and aches and pains and strains. So it's quite important that you do a little bit of stretching before you play. You see a lot of golfers at the weekend and you're show with a car in the winter mornings and it's cold and straight onto the tee box and, you know, the body is cold and you're stiff and you can get niggles. But um, certainly with jungle people, it's not as if it's the most physical sport in the world. But having said that, you need to try and generate speed. The more mobile, you know, the more flexibility you have, the better rotation you have with the bigger muscles in your body, then you can generate more speed. So, you know, flexibility and mobility are big aspects of being able to play it, but for somebody starting out, there's not major demands on your body by any means. For your general beginner or your handicapped golfer, it's just to be reasonably flexible and have mobility and just do a few stretches before you start swinging. It's healthy in regards that, you know, you're out in the fresh air, you can play all year round, getting center of exercise and you know today in this world people people are under stress some of the time they're working hard there's different pressures in life so certainly it's a release when you get out of the golf course and leave all the day-to-day stuff behind you and a lot of people get you know a lot of enjoyment out of that and also with people when they get older you know they might lose their husband or a wife or whatever and it's a great outlet that you can go out and you know a couple of times a week you have these older groups like what they're called dad's army or golden girls they'll probably meet up you know twice a week there could be groups of 30 or 40 just retired of or whatever and it's a great outlet for them to have a little bit of a social aspect as well as the playing of it and you know that was very evident after the COVID um, I had a couple of experience with, with older people who you know they were they were fairly shook and they were lonely and lost and just to get back out to the golf range and hit a few balls and get to the golf course you know it was it was huge for those people and you know in that regard you know it, it's, it's great and as long as you're able to walk and move you can, you can keep playing Do you have any advice for anyone who may be thinking of picking up golf? Maybe they didn't start when they're younger and are a bit kind of anxious of starting something a bit older. Do you have any tips? Yeah, well, like what, what I would say, and you know, this is speaking with nearly forty years' experience in, in, in golf, and that you know, it can be a little bit intimidating. And you know, the real easiest way to get into golf is definitely go to the driving range. Don't go straight onto the golf course because it can be a bit intimidating. You need to be able to develop a reasonable amount of skill level to hit the ball. And like you know, this is where the club pro comes into the equation. Like you know, nowadays you know to become a qualified club pro to coach the game. Um, to three-year degree programs done through University of Birmingham and these guys are well qualified to know what they're talking about and definitely have you know half a dozen lessons half hour sessions once or twice a week and you know within a couple of months then you have developed you know the fundamentals that I referred to earlier there the basic skills that will allow you to be able to play the game more efficiently a lot quicker and that's something that you know the clubs encourage but definitely you know if I was starting or to encourage anyone who is starting, go and get some help. Get a little bit of advice. You go out and you play with some people, they mean well, and, but, you know, the information they're giving you most of the time is not what you should really be hearing. So go and see your local club pro, get a few lessons, do a bit of work at the range, and then to bring it on to the golf course. Chloe Farrell speaking to Eddie Doyle. That's our lot this week on Health and Fitness.